Welcome to the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast, helping one student at a time. Visit NPTEFF.com to enroll today so you can pass tomorrow. Thank you for joining us here on the NPTE Final Frontier Podcast. My name is Emily, and today I will be reviewing total hip arthroplasty or total hip replacement precautions. This is a topic that commonly appears on the MPTE, so make sure you listen up as I review the difference between posterior and anterior hip precautions. So first, let's talk about what a total hip arthroplasty is. This is also referred to as a THA or a THR. For the remainder of this episode, I'm going to refer to it as a THA. So a THA involves a replacement of both the acetabulum and either the femoral head or neck. A THA is widely performed surgical intervention for advanced hip osteoarthritis, especially when conservative management has failed. Common indications for a THA include severe hip pain, especially when weight-bearing and with severely limited range of motion. Other reasons an individual may have a THA include non-union fractures, hip joint instability or deformities, bone tumors, or potentially failed previous joint reconstructions. There are several absolute contraindications for a THA, which would mean this individual would not be appropriate for this surgical intervention at this time. These absolute contraindications include an active joint infection, systemic infection, or sepsis, osteomyelitis, significant bone loss after a malignant tumor resection, a neuropathic hip joint, or severe paralysis of muscles surrounding the joint. Now I will be discussing the various precautions that will be put in place when an individual is status post a THA. These precautions are extremely important for not only the physical therapist to be aware of, but also the patient. These precautions are to ensure that the individual does not sustain a dislocation or subluxation after surgery, since the hip joint is compromised after the surgery. So first, we will discuss the precautions for a posterior or posterolateral approach. These approaches are the most frequently used approaches, however, They have the highest incident of postoperative instability, which leads to an increased risk of subluxation or dislocation. The three movements that this individual must avoid include hip flexion greater than 90 degrees, hip adduction past neutral, and hip internal rotation past neutral. It is important to tell the patient that they are unable to cross their legs after the surgery And they are often provided with a hip abduction pillow or hip abduction pillow for sleeping to prevent this. They should try to sleep in the supine position and avoid sideline. When the individual is performing a sit to stand transfer, it is important for them to slide that surgical leg forward to minimize the hip flexion angle that must occur prior to sitting or standing. When performing bed-to-chair transfers or really any lateral-based transfer, they should transfer towards the good or non-operative side, if possible, to prevent excessive internal rotation. When turning during ambulation, they should try to pivot on the good leg 
and away from the surgical leg. Ideally, this patient should try to avoid torsional activities as much as possible. When they are sitting, the knees should always be slightly lower than the hips. The individual should avoid sitting in a low chair or chairs that are too soft. They could obtain a raised toilet seat if they are unable to maintain these precautions while sitting on their toilet, or they could also place additional pillows on the soft surface to raise the hips above the knees if they don't have any firmer surface options to sit on. So during stair negotiation, the individual should learn up with the good and down with the bad technique. So what this means, when ascending the stairs, they should lead with the good leg or non-operative leg. And when descending, they should lead with the bad leg or operative leg. So now I will review the hip precautions for the anterior or anterolateral approach. This approach allows for improved postoperative stability However, it is associated with delayed recovery of the hip abductor muscles, leading to increased gait deviations. The following movements should be avoided with an anterior approach. Again, hip flexion greater than 90 degrees. And now, in addition, it would be hip extension, hip adduction, and hip external rotation beyond neutral. It is important for them to also avoid combined movements, so they should not perform hip flexion, hip abduction, and external rotation in unison. Similar to the posterior approach, they should also be advised not to cross their legs. And during the early stages of recovery, when performing gait ambulation, they should maintain a step two pattern to avoid hip hyperextension. So now that we have reviewed the common reasons an individual would receive a total hip arthroplasty and the precautions associated with both the posterior and anterior approach, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to this episode, especially if you are having difficulty remembering the different precautions for a posterior versus an anterior approach. As always, warriors, thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode discussing a total hip arthroplasty helpful. And as always, never forget, you are powerful, you are strong, you are a final frontier warrior, and you will pass. For more information on the NPTE Final Frontier, please visit NPTEFF.com. You can also check out all of our social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Till next time, have a great day and a powerful tomorrow.